Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed Ed, Mike, myself, and special regular guest Daniel, all the way from the UK, trying to stay woke. <laughs> or awake. Definitely not that. Definitely not that. Uh, with so much going on, I, I absolutely have no clue where to start. Daniel, since you came straight from the coronation, I'll let you pick the top story of the week outside of UK. Well, I, I think the um, the one of the obvious one is the the Trump case um, because it's just a uh, it's showing the 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 absolute depths to which the US justice system has sunk now, and um, it, you know it's a civil court case so. Uh, it's not as serious, I suppose, but um, the, the, the kind of practice of lawfare that's going on now is completely out of control and um, has all the hallmarks of an absolute tyranny. Um, and I, I think it's the most important story there is. And, um, you know, it's a story in two parts, as it always is now, where you have the actual story and the media story. And the, the the media distortion and the media reaction, um, uh, and um, you know the actual story is that court cases are now being used to impose a one's party state in the U.S. That's that's the truth, really. Um, and uh, the, the the media story is, of course, again that that, that Trump is an evil figure. And uh, um, all that kind of pussy hat wearing was correct, and uh, and that he, you know, this is gives them an excuse now to call him a sex offender endlessly, um, which is what the case was for, really. It seems to me that that's the point of the case. Um, the justice has gone the other way round now, where the the media decide that they they want a scandal, uh, and they want to say certain things about a person. And then a court case comes to justify that. So I yeah. could probably talk about this case for an hour, but I'll try not to because they yell at people for filibustering. Um, a, I don't doubt that much that Trump did what he was accused of. B, even had he not, I have no doubt they could have convicted him of almost anything, especially in a civil preponderance of evidence case. C, um, I'm going to ask our legal scholar in a moment if Swalwell can be sued for libel for saying, Trump was convicted of a sexual um, assault of some sort. Well, wait a minute, uh, Stephen. What are, was there any evidence produced other than he said, she said? Because if if I didn't hear any, if that was the case, it should just be dismissed on the grounds that it's uh, you know there's there's not even no. She had people she supposedly talked to about it. And by the way, I mean. When, well, Paula the, Jones talked to a lot probable of Probable cause only applies to a criminal case. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. It doesn't even meet that standard if it's well, just he's the chief. No, but I mean, it, the, no, I, I disagree with that, Ed, Ed, because it winds up being a jury question, right? It becomes a credibility issue. Who's telling the truth? And that's for a jury to decide. You know, Trump buried himself by saying she's not his type, but then saying she looks like his wife. Buried, he buried himself with some other incredibly stupid remarks. Um, um, I have a nice thing about this case is I assume Tara Reid will be in the same courtroom tomorrow with yeah. at least the exact same amount of evidence. And I think if I were her, I'd be feeling pretty good about it. Um, 
And I think she needs to do that because the juxtaposition is going to be pretty funny. Um, but again, is Trump beyond doing that? Absolutely not. So. I mean, I fully expect that, that Trump was probably a PIG in, in his payday. I, <laughs> I mean, he's basically but, said he was. Now, does that make him different than any, or I won't say any president, but almost every well, president? Um, probably not. Almost so, everybody in Congress, probably not. And everyone who, who went get, to Epstein, Epstein Island? Can you get a jury in New York to convict a Republican, of, uh, not convict again, to find against a Republican on anything? Almost no doubt. I think the surprise may be they didn't say he raped her. Well, well they didn't say sexual days. assault, and that was, they found that he didn't commit that act. They specifically said that apparently rape in New York needs actual um, intercourse, and apparently they had no proof for that. But at least, I mean, who said they needed proof? So maybe that's- Well, they, they've also got him on, on supposed defamation of her character, when you, right. surely there's, there's, uh, there's a hell of a lot of defamation of character in a false rape claim. Uh, which is what they were saying it is as well. Um, so how you can at the same time rule that, that oh, yes, we think um, he uh, assaulted her in some way and that he's defamed her by Daniel, uh, Daniel. making negative comments. And with all due um, respect, you're not an American. In American law, you can get obstruction of justice for a crime you didn't commit. So if you can get charged with that, then why shouldn't you be defamed for something you didn't do? Yeah, but it was a yeah, compromise. But, uh, I mean, if you're if you're applying the the concept of defamation of character, then then what defames character more than a false rape claim? All right, I'm just saying. Remember, they got him charged with obstructing a crime, um, the investigation of a crime that they can't say happened. So this is American law, circa 2023. You know, he's a public, more of a public figure. I mean, there's so many angles to it. And yes, the press is going to do what the press does. You put that together with the um, arresting Santos the same morning as the big Biden expose, supposedly. Did anybody watch that press conference, by the way, about Biden's uh, financial dealings? No. I, I, no before we move on, though, I kind of want to just address something from the Trump thing. I mean, his legal strategy was totally incoherent. I mean, Daniel and I had a conversation a, a day or two ago about why did he participate at all? He should have just let it go and just and, and attack the proceedings. Um, Daniel had said to me privately that uh, he's too patriotic and too American to believe the justice system was that corrupt. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I'm not sure, Ed, Ed, I'm not sure what you mean when you say let it go. I'm, I'm not following you. That he shouldn't attack the justice system, that he that he should just, you know, uh, participate in in what I think was a sham case. Uh, I think Daniel thinks it's a sham case, too. But I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, your position was it was perfectly OK for him to treat it as a real case and, and defend. Um, and while I don't no, no, that's not. Um, I mean, I, I think the thinking that goes, I think there's a lot of psychology behind it because um, I think Trump still thinks he that ultimately the system will give him a fair hearing at some point. And, and he assumes that that will kind of magically intervene at some point because of his American exceptionalism and American patriotism. So 
So he he still seems to, after the amount of treatment he's received, he still seems to find it inconceivable that people can hear this stuff in a court and then decide against him when it's imaginary stuff. Um, let me let me just get to what that, I was you know, to say. It's astonishingly but... naive, but I think that's where he is. Not only naive, but his legal strategy was incoherent because he he sent his lawyer there. They litigated the case, but he didn't he didn't call any witnesses in his defense. He didn't appear to testify. He just had his lawyers standing there making an argument that this isn't fair and that this isn't right. If that's your case, then there shouldn't be anybody at the defense table. If you're going to treat it as a kangaroo court. Treat it as a kangaroo court and don't show up. Let them enter a ver- let them enter a default judgment against you. But to, to, to litigate the case, to say, oh, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to send my lawyer up there and then not call any witnesses, not take the stand. Why didn't he just if he's going to send his lawyer up there, he should have gone and he should have called this woman a liar on the stand. And he should have said this is a political witch hunt. I mean, you don't you don't do it halfway. I mean, if and- you're not. And if he would have done that, would he not have any way to appeal it? I mean, I don't know what his basis for appeal is now. Well, I mean, oh, they're saying some of the evidence they let in, some of the evidence they didn't let in, et cetera. But if you get a summary judgment, am I correct that you can't appeal it if you didn't bother to show up the first time around? Um, If no, default judgment is different than summary judgment. If you default, yes, you're not going to be able to appeal it. But okay, I mean, he treated it. He basically defaulted anyway. He didn't put a defense on. Yeah, but he's going to now he's going to appeal it. So he's going to lose. He's not going to. I mean, I don't know what his grounds for appeal are, but. Um, the NBC tape um, allowing other people to, to establish, quote, a pattern. I mean, I don't want to go into the fact that apparently this was a law written in New York specifically for her. Correct. The, right. the statute of limitations had run. And then, they, then she comes up with these allegations in 2019, I think. Yeah. And they passed the special statute, which allows her to sue. Right. I mean. <laughs> and didn't she, didn't she herself say that, that she wasn't going to sue and that it was no. ridiculous for her to sue and then changed her mind after discussion with a Clinton lawyer? That's, Soros that's how I read it. Yeah. So where, where are all the women that Bill Clinton assaulted? I think it's time for them to start suing his ass. Well, you believe in resolution, Frodo? Special statute. They only appear to vote, and then they go back under. Yeah. So, um, Ed, if you're trying to talk, you're muted. Yeah, this law was passed specifically to get Trump. This case was filed specifically to get Trump. This woman uh, almost certainly is lying, um, not because... uh, Trump, uh, you know, was this great guy or anything, but he doesn't have to like assault women. He didn't have to assault women in department stores uh, okay. to uh, so, to get chicks back then. It's ridiculous. The whole local case is, is ridiculous. I'm not as familiar with the background and, and the law that was passed. So okay. obviously they, they did this where in New York, right? Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's it's total garbage from beginning to end. Okay. Uh, it's not believable at all. Well, um, wait a minute, Ed. She had the right decade that it happened. What makes you think uh, it didn't happen? I think it didn't happen because the whole thing was a setup from the beginning. Okay. I mean, it's, do you believe uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who ended up being a terrible justice, by the way? 
Do you believe he uh, assaulted that crazy woman uh, when he was 17 or whatever? Of course he didn't. It was all made up. Now you're going mean, to tell all me made that up. It's other all... candidate uh, didn't do it. You probably it's all don't believe made up. that uh, Clarence Thomas... Well, I mean, the details, the, the lack of details, um, the lack of outside corroboration, the fact that 20 years or more passes before it's brought forward, all of those things are, are obvious logical indicators of it being false. Any of these stale accusations should be dismissed immediately. If I, I, you, you have to make these accusations at, in a somewhat contemporary time frame, you know, certainly within a few months. Well, if you don't, within, you lose. That's the purpose of the special limitations. I mean, huh? yeah. but Stephen, yeah. I said certainly within 25 years. Well, that's the purpose of a statute of limitations. Right. And then they 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 uh, passed this special law mm -hmm. taking away the statute of limitations defense for, for one year. Okay. Which so, and that's uh, purely to get Trump. Purely so to get makes Trump. Sense. So then, then the, the, the legislature down in Arkansas should pass a law and let's go after Bill Clinton. Does Bill yeah, Clinton or even Barack still live Obama. in Arkansas? Don't they live in New York? But no, but he was in Arkansas. Arkansas. No, at the, at, the at the time when he was governor. At the time he was in Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, there are people who say that it's up to the state AGs, you know, DAs to start pushing cases just like the Bidens did. Um, I, I hate all this, but if, if we're not going to do tit for tat, we're going to lose. Tit for tat is exactly. the only strategy with a long term. And, and uh, can I ask you for a, a slightly different expression considering the subject at hand? Hooter for tat. Okay. We have, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dan Bongino this morning almost lost it. I, I listened to him a lot. I've never heard him curse without bleeping it out. And he must have said the BS word 10 times. And even though he hasn't yet figured out that the only solution is peaceful separation, he is screaming, get the hell out of blue states because they can lock you up for anything they want. You are not safe. Get out of there today. And I think to that, there is a point. The justice system, civil or criminal, can mess you up. I mean, look at the J6ers. Somebody just got like 25, I don't know, 25 years or something or 14 years. The justice system really, really can get you if you're in a state where they can, you know, pull off a jury like this. So, of course, I live in New York. So what am I talking about? <laughs> I mean, this is the end of the rule of law in court, but uh, I mean, the big story is not Trump. The end, it's the end of the rule of law on the border. I mean, the big story is that tomorrow, I mean, have you seen the pictures of these hundreds and thousands and thousands of uh, migrants pouring across the border into Texas and Arizona? It's, it's insane. It's the entire, the entire, all of Central America is emptying into America's Southern states. And the reason, because they want to replace us, people who are American. I mean, the idea that the great replacement is a conspiracy theory is ridiculous. It's the Democratic Party platform is the great replacement. It's ridiculous. It's that's what they're doing. They're, it, it, all of this. And they're all military age males. Right. With an occasional female, um, you know, for decoration. All right. You're uh, not a it, biologist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can. Uh, I can tell secondary sex characteristics pretty good. It's it's insane. I mean, I you know, obviously the states should declare an invasion and keep them out, um, and dare the feds to do anything different. Okay, keep them Ed, out by Ed, force. First of all, you force. got 
your the immigration story is bigger than the Trump story in your mind? Absolutely. Trump is done. Okay. So, um, okay. You know, Trump. Um, a, I guess we need to discuss: Is Texas doing anything for real by sending people down there? Um, the people sending people up in buses to the city up in my area. The very big story about immigration <laughs> is our mayor sending immigrants to Rockland and other counties, and they are yeah, states of emergency to keep them out and telling Adams where to put it. And this is really, really getting to be kind of fun. New York City as a sanctuary city saying no, that, and they're saying to Florida, you can't send your people to us while they're going to try and send their people to other places. Who even- I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the idea that um, all of these sanctuary cities can remain uh, illegal immig immigrant free is ridiculous. Uh, obviously the states should take the power in their own hands, declare an invasion and prevent these people from for by force from uh, entering. But if they don't do that, there's no point in sending 50 of them to Martha's Vineyard. You got to send 50,000 of them to Martha's Vineyard. Send 50,000 of them to New York City. Send 50,000 of them to San Francisco. 50,000 of them to Chicago. 50,000 of them to Portland. In fact, Portland would be great. Send all of them to Portland. Just, uh, you know, get these people the diversity that they demand. It's the only way to stop this other than by using force. And it oh. should be stopped. What's interesting is when you send them to a sanctuary city, they're going to try and turn them around and send them to red areas again. Well, again, it's it's all about replacing white people uh, like all of us. That's the whole point. So, yes, when you send them to the cities which are already diverse, they're like, hey, we already have diversity. Let's send them to the suburbs. Problem with the suburbs is no place to put them. So uh, that's the whole. Worry, they um, want to put multifamily housing in. Yeah, affirmatively. Well, they're actually family housing. Doing. I mean, even yeah. not far from where I live in a pretty decent neighborhood, they're putting them up in a pretty local hotel. And originally the city council person in our area who is Republican stopped it. And now I heard she lost. But that's what they're trying to do in those areas is take over the hotels and motels. And I think the emergency orders that the county execs put in were to say to the motels, you cannot take these people. And that's going to be really interesting if they show up. What's well, the motels don't want to take them and be like in this area here, again, large lots, single family homes, um, this uh, affirmatively bare housing thing that the Democrats want is to put giant Section 8 skyscrapers right next to the, the um, you know, take that park across the street and turn it into like two giant Section 8 housing skyscrapers or the project. And, you know, that's their plan because they want to flood the white areas with diversity. And of course, Ed, that's to I, destroy I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think you have to go to white and black because they're not trying to place- It's me. white and non-white. It's white and no, POC. It's Americans it's, with non-Americans. It's people, conservatives with liberals. It's um, you know, capitalists with communists. So then I, I disagree. You know it's 100% racial. It's 100% anti-white. I would take 50 Clarence Thomases for a thousand Joy Bates. I would take 50 Clarence so, Thomases and you would take 50 Clarence Thomases, but the left is, is anti-white. That's the whole thing. They're anti-white. They're anti-European. The anti left treats Clarence Thomas as if he were white. What's that? Yeah. The left treats Clarence Thomas as if he were white. Yeah, so right. the whole point is is right. and you can be a Hispanic white supremacist, of course. 
Dan, right. I mean, there's the uh, don't the uh, royals there have a whole bunch of empty palaces like where Harry used to live and stuff? Uh, not too yeah. many of them, no. And not that um, you can send a couple, right? Yeah, well, see, we've got a very similar situation in the UK on, on a smaller scale because we're a smaller country, but on a scale that we can't cope with and on a scale that puts tremendous pressure on our services and our wel welfare state, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, we've got the dinghy invasion. And it's exactly the same thing as the US southern border. Um, you know, the, the, it's been encouraged by the, the political left um, I mean, we keep giving payments to France because lots of these dinghies coming from the coast of France to the UK and we're getting a thousand people a day. Um, and this has been going on for a long time now. Our government has responded by effectively trying to bribe the French government to stop the people coming over here. And all it does is we pay the French and the French let them through because the French don't want them. And the French don't want to deal with them. And we're the end of the line for Europe. So all of the migrants coming through Europe, the end of the line is the UK. And, you know, as, as, as a small nation at the end of that line, a, phys a physically, geographically small nation, um, we're taking the greatest burden of any European nation, yeah. effectively. They're putting migrants on us. I mean, I'm putting migrants in the UK in thousand pound a night suites in hotels. Yeah, you can't get a hotel again, on the southern coast. Is it is it ra really racial in, in the UK too? It's a hundred percent racial. I'm gonna I'm slightly disagreeing with you. I, I think the race aspect of it is a weapon and a tool. I I think the bigger picture is it's cultural, um, and it, and it dovetails with everything else that we're fighting on the in the cultural battlefield. Um, they they want to change the culture, and everything is downstream from there. Why don't they have? Why are there no good. Eastern Europeans? Why are there no well, Eastern, they, Eastern Europe? Is they a they admit it. They read the uh, critical race yep. theory. They admit it. The UN has put this out. They want to replace the European population with non-Europeans. That's their goal. They even say it out loud. They brag about it. Joe Biden I, has I bragged about it. By 2035, I mean, it's not going to be a majority white country. That's right. That's well, in, in, in Europe. And, and what's um, worse is the United Kingdom has an allegedly conservative government, and they're just letting them in. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we they had, should we pick them up, take them back to France. That could be massively popular in the polls. They're, they're tanking. They're struggling. They're going to lose the next election uh, because of how they responded on COVID and because they effectively betrayed Brexit. Um and uh, they, they introduced a whole load of wokeness that nobody wanted as well. The conservative governments haven't fought for anything conservative for decades. The last conservative who fought for anything conservative was Thatcher. Um, you know, so that, that, that uh, but they, the, the thing is, they could be enormously popular if they were, poll after poll shows that it's a major concern for a large number of people in the UK. And even uh, immigrant groups, you know, immigrant descended groups, um, the, the, the um, Indian community in the UK don't want a huge number of Somalian refugees or Ukrainian refugees uh, coming to the UK. They don't any more than the, the white majority do. Um, but it's uh, a complicity between um, the socially radical left, 
who want it because, as Ed says, they hate white people and they want to eliminate white people and change the demographic. And at the same time, with corporate interests, because they get cheap labour and they keep to they get to reduce um, payments for that that people will accept for work. Um, and it's the alignment of those two factors that that means the establishment want mass immigration, regardless of what the people want. You guys are overrun more with Muslims, aren't you? Uh, yeah, we've got. I mean, the, the big problem there is uh, um, the, the respective birth rates because, you know, uh, they play the welfare system uh, and people will say, you know, oh, that's terrible. You can't say that you're being prejudiced, but it's a well-known fact. And it's, it's you know, you're ignoring reality if you pretend it, it, it's not true. Um, do, you have, do you have no go zones there? Um, there's certainly yeah, London. Every, yeah. Yeah, the, we do. Not as many as France, I'd say. Um, you know, the French police did a massive report on theirs, but we we tend to just sweep it under the carpet and not talk about it. But um, yeah, there is a very interesting expression, Daniel. Sorry, the carpet was an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, you know, the, there's. A level of immigration in the UK that has never been sustained peacefully by any nation in history. Um, it, the level of demographic change we're witnessing and have been witnessing for 30 years at least now uh, is unprecedented. And uh, it's the same thing happening with the US border. The elites want this. They, they feel for some reason that they'll get a compliant, uh, more malleable populace that will obey instructions more readily out of a non-white population, you know? And, well, they and certainly that, I mean, think that, but that's not their primary I mean, motivation. They're nihilist. They, they're, they hate European civilization. They hate Europeans. They hate whiteness. They say they hate whiteness. So they are destroying what they hate. They are complete nihilists when it comes to this. And um, yes, they get cheap gardeners and you know, compliant voters and all that nonsense. Um, but, uh, and, you know, if you read uh, Tommy Robinson's book about some of the uh, Muslim rape gangs in the United Kingdom, um, which is very interesting because basically when they, uh, the police try to go arrest some Muslim, the Muslim community surrounds the police station and, um, you know, in no uncertain terms, uh, basically says, you know, we're going to burn it down if you don't let these people go. And then they let them go. And there are certain demographics in the United States that do the same thing to the police stations, the Black Lives Matter people. Uh, it, it, this uh, racial uh, solidarity among non-whites is what gives them sort of power to do whatever they want. Look at all the crime going on now. Look at this ridiculous amount of crime in New York City. Um, where, you know, people are throwing people in front of the subway, they're uh, robbing people in broad daylight. Um, right, so I guess we have to talk about Jordan Neely since you're coming back to New York City. Yeah, uh, exactly. That. The guy who was choked to death on a subway where they want to charge the Marine with murder. Uh, a crazy person. Yeah, of course, 
you know, he didn't know, the guy who choked him didn't really know that Neely had prior convictions or 44 arrests, but um, Ed Maslin, was- comments on the legalities of the Neely case, if you're following it? I'm aware of the facts. I haven't been following it very closely, but the, the main facts, the, the, the most important fact to me is the guy should have been locked up. He was locked up before and they let him go. This is all about unleashing criminals on innocent people. And this Marine tried to tried to do the right thing. And, you know, the guy's dead. He, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to wish bad things on anyone, but I mean, the guy belonged in jail. I'm not, I don't really feel sorry for him. He, he was not a, he, he was not a, a living, loving person. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which way popular, you know, sentiment goes. Is this like a gets case? Are they going to succeed in charging and convicting this Marine of something going back to New York juries? Um, I assume a yeah. half of people are cheering it on. Um, I, unless you could convince me otherwise, I would say he was doing a public service by what he did, did not intend to kill the guy and something went wrong and I no, i'm showing a chart here i'm showing a chart here uh the the dash line uh the mental hospital uh rate um starts to decline dramatically in the 1960s this is 100 percent the fall of the libertarians and protect in particular thomas Sass goes down down to a very low late rate by 2000s is probably even lower now and then the incarceration rate uh this small dash line starts going way up. And part of that is the 93 crime bill. But as you can see, or 93 is, it's going up before that. Well, what does that mean? It means our mental patients, patients who are crazy, who are unable to interact in society in a normal and productive and helpful and non-threatening way are getting put in jail instead of in mental hospital. And that that is the issue. The issue is we have decided to uh, outsource our mental uh, health to the jail system, which is the absolutely worst place for it to go. And the derivative uh, this, issue, though, Ed, right? There's there's the, the first step back that Trump signed and that states all across the country have been implementing since the mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from 2020. This is this is COVID, this is what went on when they yeah, emptied the jails. I mean, that's the whole point. They they put these crazy people in the jails. And then they empty the jails. Then they empty the jails. Yeah, I and mean, this only goes up to 2000, but from 2020 on, they've been emptying the jails of these, mainly because they say, oh, we're only going to, uh, you know, we're only going to get rid of, um, where's stop sharing? We're only going to get rid of, um, you know, nonviolent criminals. It's like, oh, great. But they forget that most of these nonviolent criminals have pled down um, from something that was extremely violent. Yeah, I'm going to plead down to like, um, you know, a simple assault from, uh, from basically attempted murder and stuff like that. So there and the Trump thing was bad. But it was federal and almost all the federal criminals are, are illegal immigrants. So, it, you know, over half. So it didn't have as big of an effect as sort of the mimicking it in these states, because the state criminals are the really violent ones, um, the murderers and the rapists and the, you know, 
Yeah, I don't huge. know if you want to get into a whole deinstitutionalization uh, debate here, but if you're suggesting lock up the mentally ill, are you volunteering to pay for that? Well, I, if you look at what um, the government pays money on, I mean, it, it, it's basically just one giant grift, right? It takes money from one group of people and gives it to another group of people. But the truth of the matter is, is all that could go away. I mean, uh, uh, Lauren Southern said, like, I think I said this the other way, that, that you know, Thousands and thousands of crimes in the Vancouver area were committed by 60 individuals that they refused to lock up. I mean, that is the, that is the problem. And, and the um, Kurt Schlichter said something interesting. He said, you know, when you're a commander of a unit, um, a military unit, sorry, the cats are being attacked. Um, there's always the 5% troublemaker. And you have to clamp down on them because there's like 5% troublemakers there's like 15% who might want to be troublemakers, but are kind of willing to go along. And then there's the 80% who try to do their job. But if you let the 5% do their troublemaking, then you lose the 15% who go along with them, and you even get some of the 80% slacking off. You have to clamp down on the 5%. You have right, so to clamp down know. on the crazies. I don't know if- and, and, I'll answer your question and I'll say, yes, I wanna pay for them. That the government's job is to protect us from dangerous people, whether it means locking them up in jail or putting them into mental hospitals. So yes. And mental hospitals are not as bad as jail. I, I a relative who was in a mental hospital here in Virginia, um, it, you know, they weren't allowed to get out and they had to take their medicine and blah, blah, blah. But it was, you know, kind of nice. It was nicer than the nursing home that my mom is in right now. So the truth of the matter is that if we don't have the mental hospital capacity to take all these crazy people, um, and then we are going to have to put them in jail eventually. So the other thing is like, why is mental... Why is mental health in the United States declining so dramatically? The number of people who, okay. who, I mean, that goes into like, you know, a lot of things, the social media, the drugs, uh, the, pharma, it's the cultural, pharmaceutical companies. It's cultural, it's single parent, it's um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things, the, the drugs, et cetera. Listen, when I worked in prison many, many, many years ago, and I would read the charts because I was an intern, so that's all I had to do all day. And most of the charts read the same the first, you know, five years of their lives or 10 years of their lives, et cetera. But I don't know if you need to conflate the mental health issue. I guess the question is, anybody who's been arrested more than 40 times, why are they not somewhere? I mean, that, whether they're mentally ill or not, how can anybody be on the street who's been arrested 40 times? It, go, it goes back to the ideology, though, doesn't it? Because we look at it and we see... Right, he's be, he's got a massive long rap sheet. We'd we'd apply the same logic whether he was white or black, um, and we'd we'd look at it and we say, well, he's a dangerous individual. Therefore, the the citizen who comes forward and stops him is actually doing a public good, um, and that's our ideology. Their ideology is the complete opposite because they embrace this idea from French academics that um, everything about Western society is wrong and everything about Western society is evil. Therefore, uh, definitions of who is insane and who is insane are also wrong. Those, you know, the, the, the people we call crazies and the people who actually are crazies are heroes for them. Yeah, they blame uh, because, you know, everything on like white supremacy. Yeah, people like Foucault said that all judgments on 
um, sanity and insanity were part of the power structure of Western civilization that was inherently evil. So, um, and Foucault was a child, a rapist. So, I mean, that's that's who's the intellectual, uh, you know, uh, fountainhead of the left right now is is child molesters and um, other crazy academics. I mean, they are doing the insane. They, they want to replace the sane with the insane. They want to replace the yeah. white with the black. They want to replace the uh, Americans with foreigners. They want to replace, you know, it's, uh, it's their bizarre the world. The, the <laughs> Everything is upside the down. They want to, you know, they're they're doing the, you know, they're going out of their way now to just destroy all standards, not just to get into college, which is bad enough. But the grades in college, so that you get out of college, they're doing this in a medical school. You can't be sure when you go in to see a doctor nowadays whether they've actually learned anything. A new doctor, you know, this is not, you know, always well, they've, a doctor. They've learned that gender is complicated. They've learned that. Yeah, yeah. They're just trying to replace heterosexuality with homosexuality and queerness. They're trying to replace the, you know, the standard uh, mom and dad and kids, family with thruples and, um, you know, other ridiculous forms of, of uh, households. Wasn't it in the UK that the, the uh, thruple that had a kid that was all over the papers, that was in the UK, wasn't it? The first was kid that one? to triple DNA. You guys didn't see the story. Was that today or yesterday? First child born no, of that. three DNAs. No, I didn't really? see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. And I believe it was, I believe it was in the UK. It's wouldn't it. surprise me. Um, they're the, they're the, taking the children. They, they and actually, they socially value apart. insanity. They, you know, they they make it. They've made it now for young people a badge of honor. Yeah, if you're yeah, mentally yeah. ill, you, you get a narcissistic appeal from UK that. UK child born of three DNA. Um, yeah, it's it's all over the papers. Just just Google that. Well, I'm not a biologist, but I I don't know how that works. <laughs> Apparently, most of I? the DNA was from two people, but there was a third. Oh, wow. That there was a third one involved. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting story. No, we're right. They they want to. I think there's a great book written by somebody in the UK called Cultural Marxism or something to that effect. <laughs> I think that's the point. Yes, they're trying to bring in the countercultures to those who have culture. And again, you know, going back to Bongino or going back to Liberty Block. If you're not going to secede and peacefully separate, at least vote with your feet. And hopefully mm -hmm. there are states like Texas and Florida and others where you won't have these Neely cases as much because mental health treatment is also going to be by state. It's not going to be federal laws. I mean, I've been involved in many discussions about outpatient commitment and inpatient commitment. My job used to be inpatient commitment, but you can't keep people past a certain time anyway. And hopefully you're going to have certain states where you don't have people out after 50 arrests. Well, in Virginia, they kept my relative for 18 months. Uh, um, there was a hearing after 72 hours, uh, you know, after this person was 5150, but um, they, kept them, they kept them for 18 months, which is what this person needed. And I, you know, I know gonna, that- You're still gonna get out after 18 months. In California, they won't keep you past 72 hours, even if you fail the hearing, because they don't have room. Why don't they have room? Because they're importing half of Central America as poor people and they're all on the dole. Well, also they, because they closed down all the mental hospitals. Yeah, in the 60s, due to Thomas Saz and his bizarre idea was, that there's no such a, thing as mental illness. Definitely a uh, 
strange bird. Let's say that. Yeah, but he's dominant in the thinking nowadays. It's weird. It's like, where did the libertarians win? Well, they won in Thomas Sass deinstitutionalizing everybody because there's no such thing as um, craziness. And they won in marijuana um, where uh, the rate of schizophrenia uh, caused by marijuana is now skyrocketing. So these are the two things that the libertarians have won on in 60 years. It's craziness. Sorry about that, but I mean, it's one of the reasons why I've pulled back from libertarianism. Uh, because and it just you doesn't have make to have any a sense. debate on this one at one point. Um, <laughs> well, that's why we have a podcast, you know. I know. I, I, I am a libertarian who worked in the mental health field for a long time. I got a lot of issues with locking people up and uh, presumption of innocence and liberties and all that other stuff. So if you haven't committed a crime, you can't just be locked up because you're nuts. And most nutty people aren't violent. So, uh, I mean, there are procedures for these things, right? I mean, we don't just grab somebody and throw them in. Well, there's Mike, a difference Mike, between New Jersey, Mike, in New Jersey, the procedure was the following because that's how I worked. I had a little card in my wallet that said I was a pest screener, psychiatric emergency something screener. And I could call any cop in the state of New Jersey and with my one signature, take someone off the street for 24 hours. Then, mm -hmm. together with my signature and one doctor of any flavor, including a dermatologist or proctologist, keep them for another 72. Now, it happened to be that I think it was a great system in New Jersey for certain reasons. It was really well regulated, but the protections for your civil liberties aren't all that great. It, it, it's just a very, very tough issue. It's definitely a tough issue, but. You know, when we look at things like the, the mass killings, right, and we know guns don't kill, we're for Second Amendment rights, the right to defend yourself. Um, and we, I think we understand that a lot of these uh, mass killers have mental health issues. That's what usually surfaces after these incidents. Uh, uh, the civil liberties of the innocent going, people who are being killed, Stephen. I, first of all, I'm not. I, I don't anybody, even think of it that way. Anybody Look, who's a danger to you, others, you. you yes, I yes. would like to see something done when somebody is showing signs that that they have violent tendencies. There's something Look, back wrong. In the old, Look, the violence is fine. That's already in the law. If you have somebody who's violent, you can put them away. That's not the problem. The issue is the standard back before the sazization of mental health was a person who can't take care of himself. Well, go in any city right now. I've been in LA. I've been in Baltimore. I've been in New York City. There's nothing but homeless people all over the place. They cannot take care of themselves. It's ridiculous to say that these people should not be in some sort of institution. You give them health. Suppose you gave them my house, which is fairly big, and you say, oh, here, here's the house. They'd leave and go back on the street because they're not able to deal in society. To the extent someone wants to be crazy in their own house, that's their right. They have no, they have no right to be crazy and take up public space, like sleeping in parks in giant tent cities or sleeping on the street or panhandling or any of this nonsense. I'm not disagreeing with you when they're infringing on the rights of others at all. I'm disagreeing with you on people just being locked up because they're mentally ill. Obviously, if they're infringing on the rights of others, that's a different story. And that's well, how do you know if somebody's mentally ill unless they're interacting <laughs> with other people? 
It's only their interactions well, that you can tell uh, if they're mentally ill. There's a difference between incarceration and having somebody institutionalized. Anyway, th th this is my field. And I could tell you that it's a small percentage of people with severe mental illness who are the ones committing the crimes. And Mike, when you say they find out that everybody commits crimes are mentally ill. I didn't say that. I'm God, talking, no. I'm, Ed, I'm talking Mike, about Mike. DSM has evolved to make, by definition, everybody mentally ill. So what they did was they threw a target around a moving thing, all right? Everybody's mentally ill in this country because there is an illness that literally describes all of us, including anybody who's conservative or libertarian, et cetera, et cetera. Mental illness used to mean bipolar, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, yeah. et cetera. Today, it means anything. So yes, except a trans conservatarian. Except, thank you very much. They had to take it out to make room for the other stuff. Yes, yeah, except being gay and trans, you can't be that. Yeah, that's they took, not they took those out. But the, I mean, that's all all political. But but again, if somebody's got forty arrests, if they're mentally ill, you put them here. If they're not, you put them there. But they don't belong on the street. That's pretty clear. I, I don't. I, no problem with that. And maybe we should be building, you know, I was watching TV last night and you guys probably knew this. I didn't, that there were like 400,000 Nazi POWs in America during the war. Did you guys know that? Uh, know that. There was a big POW camp uh, in Philadelphia where um, the uh, Wells Fargo Center was, used to be a, a stadium, uh, other stadium. Uh, my dad, went down there and although that was mostly italian prisoners i don't know whether i i don't know whether any german prisoners there's more and more coming to like, like 400,000 german pow's and i'm only bringing it up because what they did is they built large camps for them and they kept them under barbed wire and it, within the barbed wire they had a pretty decent life and if that's what you have to do to the mentally ill you give them a decent life but in a place they can't hurt people i'm fine with yeah. that i'm fine with that too they don't belong. The thing them. about the Germans, uh, the thing about American POWs in Germany and, you know, because the Germans treated American and British POWs pretty good and the, the Russians. Wait, was Hogan's heroes a real story, are you saying? Yeah, it's a real story. <laughs> no, the prisoners were made to build their own barracks and their own stuff. They, they were given hammers and nails and wood and saws and they were made to build their own. That was one of, and because they were military organizations, they were able to do that. It's not like the Germans provided, oh, we've built this really nice prisoner of war camp. It's like, no, here's some saws, here's some hammers, there's some machine guns pointed at you, build your camp. And I think in the United States, I think that was pretty much the practice as well, that we basically made the prisoners uh, build their own uh, amenities. Um, and you can't do that with the mentally ill. You certainly can do that with uh, illegal immigrants, though. Actually, and, you probably um, could do it to some extent. Let me move to something slightly off, but not as much, because we're talking about how did we get here? And there's a story I stuck up in the show notes that New York City is going to try to teach kids how to read. Yeah, and I can't After five, six, seven in decades, they realize we're doing it wrong. And maybe the reason all these kids are out in the subways making trouble is they can not read. And I think it's hysterical to watch well, going back and saying, hey, we didn't teach them how to read. Maybe that's why. They you, you mean you mean they're adopting phonics? They're going they... back to phonics in New York City because they finally realized decades and decades later that we've produced illiterates and illiterates don't have much of a chance on the street. I don't know whether you guys have seen any of these videos from inner city schools that are around Telegram. The problem with inner city schools is not so much they don't teach phonics is that there's no order. 
again, it's the 5% troublemakers have to be segregated. I'm using that word, segregated, have to be segregated out of the gen pop. And then the rest okay. of the students will do fine. Well, you're going you back to Daniel. You're actually going back to what Daniel was saying before. That's the way it used to be in the quote, good old days. Today, it's the school that is at fault and you can't punish them because it's the, it's the unruly kid who's the good person and it's the horrible teacher who's destroying the kid. So you no, can't you're right, have anything students. good without order. How can order you have a school? Right. I, I mean, I lived across the street from the high school for a while and you can't have a school where there's zero order and discipline. That That's for sure not. And that's parents and it's other things as well. But yeah, forget about it. And if you see any of these videos from inner city schools, they don't have any order. There was a huh? student the other day, this video, uh, a girl, um, maced her her teacher because the teacher was trying mm -hmm. to uh, discipline her for speaking out in class. Yeah, there was so a teacher. second story because there was another one oh. a couple months ago. Somebody pepper sprayed or beat up a teacher for taking a phone. Yeah, no, you're right. It's totally 100 percent out of control. But that's because we're not allowed to, God forbid, discipline a child. You can't suspend a child. You can't put them in detention. I, well, the, te the, teachers no have, the teachers have to be worried about what the kid's going to do to them if they discipline them. And it cuts both ways. You know what I mean? The well, only no, discipline that works is segregation. You take the troubled kids, troublemakers, and you put them in some other building. I don't care what you do with them. Just hold them in the building. Put them in the prison. Make it just 5%? I mean, well, in these inner cities, I it, think you start with the 5%. No, Mike, Mike, he has a point. Yeah. If, if you make an example of 5%, you definitely calm down another 30 it, it, I want to just throw something out at, at all of you guys, especially Ed, though. I've actually made that same exact point, Ed, and I've made it in opposition to school voucher programs. Mm -hmm. Why would we want to give vouchers to the worst kids and encourage them to go to the best schools? Not just <laughs> because I don't think that's how school? it's working, Ed. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but my understanding of the voucher program it's for the half-decent parents who are dying to get their half-decent kids into decent schools and can't. The kids who right. have no interest and the families who have no interest aren't the ones, you know, in the lotteries for the vouchers, et cetera. That's my understanding. I, I think you're right about that. There's a but really if you, if you broaden the program to include everybody, though, wouldn't wouldn't the, wouldn't those bad kids take it, try and take advantage of it? I mean, why wouldn't they? You have to fill because out they don't want to travel more than two blocks to school to make child. You may be right if it gets to that big a program. But I think part of it was done for those parents who do care, who don't have a yeah. chance. I mean, if, if, you've, ever, if you've ever seen uh, the documentary called The Cartel, um, it was made by a New Jersey uh, filmmaker who's involved in school choice. Uh, and it's, it, it shows everything about New Jersey, the New Jersey school system. It talks about the unions and everything like that. But there's a portion of it where they're showing how um, minority families are trying to get their kids into the charter schools. And they do a lottery. And some of the kids get in and there's absolute joy on the part of these parents. You remember Obama? Who, who don't, there's just despair. Look and, what Obama did. Know. Remember when he first got into office, he took down the Washington DC charter school program and he ended yeah, everybody. Well, yeah, because, and by they, the way, one of the- nice They things, don't want that. Right. One <laughs> of the nice things- they don't, want these kids, they don't want these kids escaping these crappy- Of course not, schools. because then they may not vote Democrat. DeSantis just really um, laid the law down for the teachers union down in Florida. No more um, withholding dues. If you want dues, you got to actually write a check. Maybe they should put that into the income tax code as well. But a whole bunch of other anti-union things because it is mostly mm -hmm. unions killing these kids. Oh, there's, there's no question about it.
public I, I think the schools, NJA, you know, EA I, and all that, they all, they all want the status quo. The, the schools are hopeless as is um, between all of the different, you know, things. Um, obviously, I'm in favor of anything that changes the, the status quo. Um, I have a PhD. I am not qualified to teach in a, in a public high school. Um, you know, that you have to go through endless uh, bullshit training, um, diversity training and whatnot, and teaching training that's completely unnecessary to get a position in the in the public schools there are a lot of retired uh you know teachers and professionals who would make uh who would make great teachers or at least you know give some sort of uh an ability to um augment the learning for for the students if they were allowed um the the schools themselves some are crumbling and some are palaces i, I just i don't think i don't think there's any way out and I got to share a story. Yesterday was my dad's um, anniversary of his death. So I will share a story in his honor. When he was in law school, he was teaching junior high back from 48 to 52. He had graduated high school at 15. So he was teaching kids like two years younger than he was. Anyway, one day he detained the whole class for some whatever thing they did, probably like saying what or whatever he did. And there was a rebellion. And they were all screaming and yelling, he can't do it. And he said, you know what? No problem. Let's go out in the yard. Me against all of you. I win. You stay until your parents show up. You win. You go home. Now, <laughs> I can't even imagine how long somebody would last doing that. But yeah, and, and it worked. Well, today they'd last about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. But that stuff, people understood fear of a teacher, respect for a teacher. Of course, mm -hmm. it's not that far off from people standing up for teachers coming into the room. Well, I, I can tell you, as a spouse of a teacher, uh, the, the the parents are arguably more of a problem these days than the yes. students. They, they're the ones I who believe that. And, and it, it's compounded by the fact that we have this wonderful technology that we're using for this show and, and to do communications and emails that it, it's very hard for teachers to get away from <laughs> The parents when they get Does home. Does your wife wear Kevlar? <laughs> she better, I guess. No, it's it's pretty scary. I wouldn't yeah. be a teacher. When I when I was I briefly taught and I wasn't very good at it, but when I was teaching in the UK, I went into a school uh, that was under. We have a thing called special measures, and that basically means the school is completely failing, and it's not doing well at all, yeah. and it's probably a you know a semi-dangerous place to work and uh, I, I was in one of those schools um, and they had a, uh, a little office that had a, uh, a resident policeman in this school and they had kind of metal grills on the reception area um, you know and this is in a fairly placid uh, medium-sized town in the UK but this was a school that was in a in a deprived area and um it it wasn't a pleasant place to work um and i think you're asking a lot of the average person who goes into teaching maybe because they they enjoy the the, the subject matter or or they've been to university and taught that you know been taught themselves um you're asking a lot of them to go into 
the worst areas and the worst schools and deal with what comes with that. Most people, you know, the fallout rate for teaching is getting worse and worse, primarily because um, some of the people that they'll encounter, some of these kids are feral. And, you know, there'll be plenty of people who might make a good uh, teacher in a school that already has order, but aren't going to make a good teacher in a school that is feral, that has feral kids. Yeah, it is funny. I, you know, in the United Kingdom, obviously, your cities haven't, uh, were ruined by um, third world immigration. But in the United States, the cities were ruined by busing. Um, in, the, in the late 60s and 70s, judges ruled that uh, integration had to be forced. And so they started busing white kids into black schools and black kids into white schools. And what that meant was that the white parents uh, started fleeing the cities um, just as, as far as they could uh, to get out of the reach of these judges. And uh, that was the, you know, they're always suburbs, but that was this exurbs, you know, the, we're gonna go way up. Um, and it doesn't matter if it takes two hours to drive to work every day, we're getting the hell out of the way of these judges. And it just drained the cities of all of the productive people. Yep, and neither um, the because, blacks nor the whites wanted that, only the liberals did. Yeah, right. So, I mean, th th you read Thomas Sowell's description of black education mm -hmm. before the Civil Rights Act. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a black school here in Washington, D.C. that graduated some of the top um, graduates, uh, top uh, scholars in the country, all black, um, because they had order yeah. and they had good teachers. And they had very high expectations. Very high expectations. I, I think I mean, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. And there were there were schools even in places like Newark that were excellent. But I think the other the other factor too is um, single parents. And you can't you can't yeah take that out of the which was also situation. done purposely by the welfare state. So yeah, of course not. You know, if you look at the uh, I just saw this today. Um, maybe I can get it up on the. Uh, no, I probably can't. But there was a, a you know. A discussion of, of where the there was a chart of where the federal money goes and where it comes from. And of course, where it goes is transfer payments and where it comes from are taxes. Um, but if you look at all of those transfer payments, like like Social Security and Medicare and um, you know Medicaid and other social programs, they almost all go to women. Social, why? Because men live 10 years less than women. So Social Security and Medicare, primarily women. Um, Medicaid, same thing, single mothers, uh, all the social programs, you know, they don't give it to intact households. They only give it to broken homes. No, it, it, it is a giant transfer from men to women, all of these programs. And the problem is that it, it creates all sorts of dislocations in the, uh, in the structure of family. Um, it's, it's extremely it's extremely difficult to run a society without married parents with stable households and children. If anybody can get a divorce for any reason or no reason at all, and like 80% of the divorces are initiated by women because they're not happy with something. Um, and if they, if they leave, they get piled on a bunch of money, both from the father of their children plus the state. Um, it's, it's a recipe for destroying society.
And that's exactly what I it's think, doing. I think it's about six, deca- six decades since Moynihan was complaining about that. So, yeah, yeah. no question. Um, nobody brought up Tucker yet. I'm sure everybody's got lots of thoughts. Now he's going to try it on Twitter. I don't know whether it's going to work. Who wants to yeah. watch television on Twitter? Um, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was kind of watch the first 10 minutes. That's, that's the challenge. I was kind of hoping he would he would go to Newsmax or OAN or some, you know, up and coming network and try and build them up rather than but, just live stream. But hopefully it'll it, work. I mean, I'll, I guess unlike Ed and, and Mike, I'm, I'll watch the whole thing. But I mean, is he able to do that or is he lo- blocked by his contractual situation and going to you know, apparently from insider you know, reporting, he is blocked from appearing on television. He is not blocked from appearing on streaming internet services. So he could have and probably should have gone to Rumble uh, or Odyssey, mm-hmm. although Odyssey seems to be dying. But Rumble is the, um, is the up and coming free speech platform. That would have been where he should have gone because you can actually watch Rumble like it's a TV program. Right. It, it, it's, the, it's the alternative to YouTube. Yeah, which it's, makes sense. it's I, 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 you, you know, nobody says he's apparently Elon says there's no deal. So that's great. He's going to try it out for a month, see if he likes it, doesn't like it. He'll go somewhere else. I'm sure people are begging to throw money at. Am I the well, only one of the five who doesn't have Twitter on my phone? No, I don't have Twitter. So. Yeah, I refuse. But. And by the way, you know, you need the law to determine what that means to be on TV because you can put your phone onto your TV easily many different ways. So what does that mean? Yeah, I was thinking as a lawyer that if I, if I were representing uh, Fox News, I would say that that's, that that's the equivalent of TV. I mean, in the same way that, you know, the Internet is the equivalent of newspapers for First Amendment purposes. Yeah. Shouldn't we call it um, Fox Light now? Fox Lie or Fox Light? Fox Light. Like Bud Light. Like Bud Light, yeah. Yeah. What's her name? Megan Kelly, who I'm no fan of, but she's calling it Fox Wiser or something? Yeah. Yeah, Fox Wiser. And I want to be careful. I want to clarify. You're not saying you would want to work for Fox, correct? Who, me? What? I mean, I I just want to make sure we're very clear on that. You said if you were working for Fox, I just... Want to give you a chance to no, come? I mean, work, why would I say we? working for Fox? I said representing Fox. Yeah. Right. I mean, but you don't want to represent Fox. I I, I'd work for Fox in a heartbeat. You know, if they want to pay me $10 million and fire me after three days when I say <laughs> that the great replacement theory is correct, then sign my ass up for working for Fox. I do have to go early today. And I wanted to show you the, the most absurd thing that I have seen in, I don't know, my entire life. He's a very that high is, bar, Ed. Th- that, that has got <laughs> to be the craziest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Because QE2, <laughs> he had a certain dignity and a certain, um, you know, uh, class to her. And these two clowns, I just, <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I just, I just cannot do it. So before going tonight, I wanted to show you the most absurd thing. I've seen. Uh, yeah, but then, time. then you know, I could bring up um, the Bidens, couldn't I? And then, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that, that's or a the Trumps. argument for a monarchy. 
or the or the Trumps or the same sex marriage of the Obamas or <laughs> um, you know Bush or or whatever. I mean, they're all clowns. I mean, um, does Charles have trouble getting off the stage yet? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, Biden is certainly Biden is certainly a worse than than Charles. To oh. be honest, as head of states go, Biden he, has uh, got to be Daniel, the most embarrassing head of state. In Daniel, the of the is world. the UK reacting to him sending Jill and not sending a quote delegation? Not really. No, there's not been a lot of comment on that. Um, uh, there was a bit of comment on the fact that they were kind of dressed in Ukrainian colours. Um, and, you know, the, the little virtual signal there. But to be honest, the, the, there, was, there was very little focus on that. Um, the, it's an odd thing because I'm a royalist, um, you know, and I, I believe in the institution. I believe it's a, a, a kind of vital connection to uh, 1500 years of national history. Um, but I, I, the, you know, my friends are, are very divided on on the royals because um, Charles himself is obviously a WEF puppet, and you know everything he believes is exactly the sort of thing that an institution like monarchy should protect its people from. Um, so there's a, a, a real mixed feeling. Um, but have you ever read um, Have you read Hans Hermann Hoppe's uh, Democracy: The God That Failed? No, no, but he 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 makes the case for monarchy too because he thinks the monarchy has much more uh, much longer time horizons for making uh, decisions. Now that's not it, England is not quite a monarchy, right? It's more of a parliamentary democracy with a with a figurehead. But um, he really does think that when you elect politicians for two years and four years or whatever, that's their time horizon is let's, how, how much can I rape as much as possible from the public as soon as possible? Whereas a monarchy has a much longer timeline. Uh, it wants to make the country better for their children and their grandchildren and whatnot. Whereas politicians want to steal as much as they can as fast as they can. Um, can it's you worth hear reading. me still? Because my yes, image sorry. is gone for some reason. Okay, yeah, we're a constitutional monarchy, so you know it's there are limits on what the monarch can do and have been for a very long time. Um, but it's I, I think there's a broader issue than whether you have a monarchy or not. It's it's whether as a traditionalist, as a patriot, um, what do you do when woke people take over an institution that should be conservative or should be patriotic um and that's the issue. yeah yeah well that's the issue we face and it's a little like you know the the, the catholics have an anti-pope at the moment you know they have a pope who, who goes against their most ancient ceremonies and forms and who seems to be a, a, as devoted to islam as he is to catholicism and a, you know a woke pope um, and Catholics are going to have to ask themselves, you know, how do I retain my faith and my belief when the leaders of my faith are, are, are not people who concord with what I consider my right. faith to be? And monarchists have got to, you know, ask the same questions of, of themselves. I asked that to a very devoted Catholic friend of mine, and he said, you honour the 
office, but not the man. And that's kind of the same way we do it with the presidency of the United States and the same way for you guys is the I mean, office is important, I, but the I, man I can is answer, a clown. I can answer that for myself, which is, you know, I still believe in the faith uh, that that is not invested in one person who happens to head up the Catholic Church at a given moment. But isn't that very hard in Catholicism because officially his role is... Well, in... I, like I said, I can only give you one man's perspective. On, on how, but how again, it's not my business how Catholic or not you are, but I would assume for some Catholics that's so integral to the religion mm -hmm. you can't let go of that. You know, in the Jewish religion, rabbis have a lot, a lot of importance but there's no one really at the top and we don't officially believe they're like God's emissary on earth. Maybe some people are deluded into that, but my understanding of Catholicism is the Pope really has a, a role. So if he's the anti-Catholic, for me, that would be a big crisis of faith. But the point is that, that in all of the, the situations, you know, look at the US military, the people you've got in charge of the US military now, the US military should be the, the hotbed of everything that a patriot, an American patriot believes in, shouldn't it? It should be the, the institution that you can unreservedly support. Um, and it, it's the same with the, 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 the cultural Marxists have been so successful in their subversion of institutions that we now have to somehow prize them out of power in those institutions without destroying the institution itself. And that's going to be even more difficult than just kind of raising everything to the ground. Well, I think your parallel between the military and Catholicism is, is pretty straight on because they've taken everything military out of the military. Yeah. It's just, it's just another cultural social experiment on, I mean, we got the drag queens who are becoming the Navy spokespeople or something in charge of recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. It's and you've got like how how great it is that we've got this um, you know, uh, dog mask fetishist as a colonel and, and that kind of stuff now. Mm -hmm. And and that's your recruitment campaign for the for the US Army now. My understanding of the military here and Israel with a very parallel is everybody in the very high echelons for sure in Israel secretly wants to be prime minister. And in order to be prime minister, you have to feign left once you hit a certain rank. So everybody at the very top of the Israeli military is either left or they don't make it to the top. And then they all go into politics. And I think in America, what is it, general or even lower than that, and up, you have to be confirmed and you start moving left and then the whole institution is destroyed. So. Well, Obama purged it, but if you notice what the, what the left do, they hollow out our institutions and then take them over and use all the resources of that institution. Yeah, now God so, they may find out what Stalin did, that if you get rid of everybody in the military, you don't have much of a military. Oh, against any genuine threat, that, that's precisely what they would find out. Yeah, and we hope not. Okay, we have to wrap up in a few, so what didn't we get to? Daniel from UK who stayed up longer than us. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh you put me on the spot now because the the only other one I was going to mention was the coronation and the issue we've just discussed. So uh, um, Did you say that the Brits there. are way beyond the whole Camilla adultery stabbing Diane in the back thing. There's there's a hardcore of Diana fans, but 
that was, uh, um, you know, I, I never liked Diana myself and always considered it hysteria. But um, there, there's, there's some people that are still bothered about that, but the majority aren't. I just think, you know, um, Charles is a, a much less steady influence than, than uh, Elizabeth was. Okay, you know, since we didn't um, we didn't bring up RFK and is literally coming out straight up and saying the CIA killed his uncle, mm-hmm. how serious was the charge that they killed Diana? Um, I used to argue with, with my dad about that one actually, because uh, my dad was of, of the belief that there was something sp- suspicious there, and uh, um, I've always been a, a you know. The official narrative seems the correct one. I'm not used to saying that, but the official <laughs> narrative seems the correct one to me. Because, you know, the, the royals have no real power. And, and this is what gets me about when people construct this, you know, there's five families in charge of everything. And they always bring in the Jewish element with that and the Rothschilds. You know, that, that kind of stuff taints us and makes us look stupid and links to some pretty vile things. But you do know that Liberty Block is owned by Jews. I mean, you know. I know, I know. You do own the media. But the the same people who think Jews control the weather think the royal family are secretly behind everything, Uh you know? And and the the fact is that, that yes, like, Charles is a WF puppet, but the the, the emphasis is on puppet, you know? It's centuries since any royal had any real power um and um they're they're more constrained than the average citizen in in a lot of ways um you know if if they had real power um most of the tabloid press discussion of them wouldn't exist okay mike Uh, i just wanted to quickly mention that naomi wolf uh post that i shared with you guys and was in the show notes because I think what's a little different here, and this obviously pertains to the Pfizer COVID vaccines, um, ever since all that information was released, people have been combing through it. There's like a task force, if you will, doing it. And they unearthed some pretty damning evidence about how this has affected fetuses and babies and women's mother's milk. And uh, even men who've had their sperm affected, I mean, if they were, if the mother wasn't vaccinated and, and the, the father was, there were still problems. They knew all of this stuff way back to 2021 when the CDC director Walensky came out and basically said it's safe and effective, even though they'd never really studied it, studied on, on, on uh, a lot of pregnant women and things like that, but they didn't unearth this information. Um, I, I, I think this goes a little bit further than what we've known before. Uh, I think it's, very interesting that she stepped down from the CDC after this information came out. But obviously the bigger picture is the unspeakable evil that these people did on not just us here in the States, but around the world, forcing people to take these vaccines, vaccine or your your job, et cetera, et cetera. Um, knowing that that babies were dying because of this vaccine and they just allowed it to happen and, and we're telling people to continue to take it and they're still doing it to, to this day. It's just more than allowed it to happen. They, they yeah. forced it to happen. I know. Mm-hmm. You know, when Alu wrote Thanks. the book Corona Fascism, he was way out there on a limb and there's almost no conspiracy that people wrote about early on in COVID 
that isn't turning out to be true. I think the question, the interesting question, and Ed probably knows more about it, is can states do anything? I mean, under the PREP Act, this, they can't impose liability on Pfizer, but they might be able to use the criminal law to say crimes were committed, which is what DeSantis is trying to do in Florida. Yeah, hopefully somebody could do something because short of Nuremberg trials, it seemed insane to say that tens of thousands of people were killed, but between COVID and the vaccines, it's undershooting it. Just Let me ask you a question about Nuremberg trials. Could we have, if, if we ever did have Nuremberg trials, would Trump be one of the defendants? <laughs> You're assuming they would give him a trial, Ed. <clears throat> well, think about who would, who would impanel a Nuremberg trial. I, I don't think the left is going to be the ones creating a Nuremberg panel. No, I, I, I hardly think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think but, anybody will. But they might, they might demand that Trump be a defendant. I wonder what our side would do. Well, I think we saw that somebody had written that story, you know, would they lock up Trump pre-trial? And I said weeks ago, I, it wouldn't shock me if they tried to do that. There's already that gag order on him somewhat with, with a certain trial here. Why shouldn't they try it? Heck, go for it. What are we going to do? That gag order was one of the things that I was going to raise, you know, as, as stories that we missed. I mean, to me, that's just unbelievable. Um, I've long thought, you know, leave, separate apart from Trump, I think it's just wrong for a judge to impose a gag order on a defendant in a criminal trial. Um, I, I just think that you're innocent until proven guilty. You have a right to state your defense. You have a right to convince the public and, and to make your case in public. And if it taints the jury bowl, well, too goddamn bad. Do a speedy trial, you know, get, you know, present you, don't bring the indictment until you have your evidence and do a speedy trial before he can, before the defendant can do anything to taint a jury pool. I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the worst things in, in American law. Um, and well, that's, uh, that's a candidate for president barred from defending himself. Um, well, I mean, leading up to I, an election. Correct. Exactly. I mean, he can't even campaign about it. He can't talk about it. it it's, it's so beyond what's reasonable. You know, I I mean, I don't know why he, I mean, I don't know whether he's, he's already appealed that order, but if I were him, if I were his, him and his, if I were his lawyers, I'd be doing emergency appeals right up the chain in the, in the New York courts and then up to, up to the U.S. Supreme Court when the New York Court of Appeals denies him, because this is just beyond outrageous. He, he is a, you're right, he's a, he's a declared candidate. I mean, I, I think just a regular vanilla defendant should be able to go out in public and say, I didn't do it. I mean, when Alec Baldwin was was, you know, charged with with killing somebody, he got to speak. He got to defend himself. Everybody should be able to defend themselves from charges, even if they're guilty. Prove it in court. If you I mean, the, the standard beyond the reasonable doubt means you have to have a lot of evidence before you charge someone. And if you've got a lot of evidence, you shouldn't be afraid of the defendant tainting the jury pool. I, I just. I mean, the fact that he's a candidate for president is just makes it worse. But I think it's just a horrible rule for anyone. Um, so, uh, you know, that was one one story that we didn't really cover. And the other one, we we tangentially talked about it. But I just, you know, I, I hate being a defender of, of George Santos, but I'm a defender of George Santos. He is being railroaded right now. If, if lying during a campaign is grounds for being put in jail, 
Well, we've got about <laughs> 400 plus members of Congress that are that are ready to go to jail and, and another uh, another 95 or so senators that are that are ready to be indicted. So were we were we mistaken to say they should take down that wall they put up around the Capitol? What do you mean? We should have kept the wall to keep them in. If only we could have kept them in. <laughs> like, hey, great idea. Let's build barbed wire and, you know, yeah. It's sort of like when they try to make laws that if a man lies to get, you know what, it's rape. Yeah. Great idea. Those are the two stories that I that I thought we could have covered better. Awesome. Special thanks to Daniel for staying up to another day. It's now May 11th. And we hope you come back real soon. Yes. Next you always week. make the show great, Daniel. You do, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Ed. Um, same to you guys. Uh-huh. And you can show up with your crown. We won't make fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have a I, wonderful I need it to cover everybody. my baldness. What's that? I need it to cover my baldness. You're talking to whom here? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we could rename the show if we wanted to go there. Have a wonderful evening. We'll be back next Wednesday. Send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertydoc.com. And thank you very much. <laughs>